It's great to be in the SEC. Welcome back to another episode of the SEC Recap Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben Warren. Here to break down week five action. Going to take a look at my week five picks. Go through the power rankings and preview week six action around the SEC. Now, week five was an all SEC slate. Uh, one of the very few, if possibly the only, that we get all season uh, so one of my favorite weekends, and as you can always expect, some folks went home upset as we dive into it here on the YouTube or wherever you prefer to chug your podcasts. Uh, don't forget to give me a follow on Twitter or X, I guess. I'm still not going to call it X, but at SEC Recap on Twitter, at SEC Recap on YouTube. Come on over to YouTube, even if you prefer the uh, the podcast version got my graphics up here on screen as we go through the power rankings and the weekly picks against the spread. All that good stuff. Come on over, smash that thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share with your friends. All right, let's get right down to it. So week five, pretty good. I was already sitting just a little bit better than 50% on the year for all of my weekly picks. I went four out of seven. So... Again, better than 50%. That's going to make you some money right there. Uh, starting with the early games, we had number 22 Florida going on the road to Kentucky. That was an easy pick for me. Really enjoyed live tweeting these out. Kentucky absolutely laid the wood to Florida, 33-14. Graham Mertz was fine, 244 yards, but just doesn't do much besides throw the ball, you know, like dink and dunk. Um, checkdowns, that kind of thing. It was Ray Davis for Kentucky. He was the rushing leader in this game. 280 yards, like three or four touchdowns, was just on fire. You saw the talent when he was at Vanderbilt, uh, but when he finally got behind a real offensive line at Kentucky, man, you just see the potential come to life there. Uh, Ricky Pearsall was the receiving leader, 62 yards. Kentucky Handles business at home in Lexington. The spread was minus one. That was an easy pick for me. Kentucky gets the win and covers the spread very comfortably. Um, I said it after, even after Florida beat Tennessee down in Gainesville, I don't think Florida is that good. I've tweeted it. I've retweeted it. Um, definitely had a lot of Florida fans in the mentions. Um, you know, want to talk trash, rightfully so. I mean, Florida did beat Tennessee. You got that win. Nobody can take that away from you. But I consistently have said, that that will probably be Florida's best win all season as they finish probably six and six. Um, and it will by far be the worst loss on Tennessee's schedule. I think that's going to be a stain on their schedule. And what I ultimately believe right now is a three-way tie in the SEC East for that kind of that second place spot. Uh, we'll see what happens here this weekend uh, when Kentucky goes down to Georgia. That'll come up next in our preview. All right, next game, Texas A&M at Arkansas. Technically at Arkansas, this is a neutral site game. Uh, Texas A&M, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, to me, that was a comfortable pick, and they covered by 12. So Texas A&M, 34, Arkansas, 22. Max Johnson had to come into this game, uh, taking over the injured Connor Wegman, threw for 210 yards. Um, Arkansas just kind of in a brutal stretch of their schedule. Um uh, We'll get into it a little bit more uh, for the for the upcoming preview. Uh, but you get the sense that KJ Jefferson Rocket Sanders are just kind of tired of uh, you know feeling like they have to do it on their own. They need some help. Some good things can still happen, but it's tough, and they got to turn it around fast. Just 
waiting to see that from Sad Pittman and the Hogs. All right. We had number one Georgia having to go on the road to Jordan Hare down on the Plains, Auburn, Alabama. Now, I said this would be a great game. This wasn't my game of the week, but this was like my almost upset of the week. Go back and check out the pod from last week. Um, I pretty much called this one on the money. I picked Georgia to win, but a big spread there for Georgia having to go on the road when they've kind of been exposed a couple times at home. Uh, Auburn, a 14 and a half point underdog. Auburn was right there with them uh, in the fourth quarter. Just a one score game. Georgia 27, Auburn 20. Carson Beck throws for over 300 yards. Peyton Thorne was the rushing leader uh, for Auburn in that game. 92 yards. Brock Bowers, of course, picking up most of those yards from his quarterback, Carson Beck, he had 157. He was a monster. And listen, Auburn playing soft there on a critical conversion by not covering Brock Bowers, that was a business decision, and it was a bad one. Um, a lot of teams, I think, are figuring out, I'm speaking very tongue-in-cheek here, but a lot of teams are figuring out that um, if you want to win a football game with Georgia – that you are uh, close to winning, cover Brock Bowers. Just cover him. Don't leave him open in the middle of the field to catch to catch a pass. Just don't do it. Uh, so if any coaches that have Georgia on their schedule are listening to this, there's the trick right there. I just gave you the key to beating Georgia. or <laughs> Probably not beating them, but competing against them. Uh, so called that one. I was three for three there. And then kind of got bit a little bit uh, as we got into uh, the, the middle of the day slate. We had 23 Mizzou traveling to Nashville to play Vandy. I picked Mizzou to win, but I also picked Vandy to cover. 13 and a half points was a little too big for me. Vandy can score. They just can't stop anybody. And looked like it was going to happen, but Mizzou got a late cover there in the fourth quarter. Uh, so missed on that, but Mizzou gets the dub, uh, 38-21. Brady Cook threw for almost 400 yards, just five yards shy, looking really good. Luther Burden picking up 140 of those. Tigers continue to roll. Um, Tigers are very good. Um, they are undefeated, technically. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, good reason to jump on that hype train right now. Um, I have a lot of thoughts that... There are quite a few reasons to pump the brakes on that hype train, and we'll get into that again shortly here in my preview. Next game, this was a swing and a miss from me, uh, and really this game did not go the way I expected it to go. Number 13, LSU on the road in Oxford at number 20, Ole Miss. Picked LSU to win and cover a two-and-a-half-point spread. The game ended up a shootout. There was zero defense. Really reminded you of the Tennessee-Alabama game last year in Knoxville. Uh, both teams just kind of scoring at will, but it was Ole Miss who finished it off and got the big-time home win. So take back what I said about Kiffin. He is able to beat a LSU team with no defense in a big-time environment. So kudos to him. Can't do it against the, the teams that matter like Alabama, but he can beat a uh, mediocre uh, SEC West team in LSU with no defense. So good for him. That was a miss for me. All right, my game of the week, South Carolina traveling to Knoxville for that night game. It was dark mode, big-time atmosphere, number 21 Tennessee getting 
revenge on the Gamecocks. Tennessee was an 11 and a half point favorite. I don't know where the line ended. Um, might end around 12. It, it moved all over the place. When I recorded this, it was 11 and a half. Uh, did think that would be a bit more of a shootout simply because uh, I hadn't seen a lot from Tennessee's defense to really suggest that they could kind of slow down or stop Spencer Rattler. Early in the year, you thought they're certainly capable of doing it. And then they play mid against Austin P. They blew it on the road against a bad Florida team who they absolutely should have beaten. And I think if you played that game nine more times, Tennessee would win every single one of them. Uh, but Spencer Rattler was playing well enough that I thought, you know, they'll keep it close. This will be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Tennessee just ran away with it. Uh, comfortable three-score victory here, 41-20 to 20 for the Vols. Joe Milton, okay. Two picks, one of them a really bad read. And then the other one, um, you know, he got the ball in the area of his receiver. DB just made a really nice play on it uh, to save the ball in the end zone there. Uh, but Joe Milton... You know, throws for 239. Jalen Wright and the Tennessee running backs was really the story. They just did whatever they wanted to against South Carolina. South Carolina could not stop them. Um, Wright ran for 123 and a touchdown. Squirrel White, uh, 104 yards, uh, including a 50-some-odd yard bomb where there was a, a, a Gamecock defender's hand in his face mask. Uh, no flag thrown on the play but somehow a squirrel comes down with the ball. So it ended up being okay. So blows my mind that the referee standing right there did not even reach for the flag to call the DPI. Didn't matter. They got the ball on like the five yard line and punched it in with Jabari small there, I believe. Um, so missed on the spread there. Did think it would be a little bit closer to come down to the wire, but if you're a Tennessee fan, you're happy with the way that played out. You got the revenge kind of put South Carolina back in their place in the SEC East, which right now I think is probably fifth or sixth, you know, uh, in the, in the SEC East, I, they're two and three. I don't know how you make an argument otherwise. Um, yeah. As, as far as those standings, I, I mean, let me just look here. So Georgia, I think, you know, obviously comfortably number one, I think you could take your pick of Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, for that number two spot in the East, if we're just kind of thinking like power rankings, neutral site matchups here, and then it's probably Florida, maybe South Carolina. You can certainly make an argument to swap those two. I would like to think that South Carolina is better than Florida. It's just the way I see it. Uh, and then Vandy down there at the bottom, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, Spencer Radler, largely ineffective in this game. Uh, Tennessee defensive line applying just a ton of pressure. They lived in South Carolina's backfield. Six sacks, I think, total on the night. Um, so that was kind of a poetic turn of events. You know, I think Rattler threw for six touchdowns in Williams-Brice in Columbia last year, and he got put on his ass six times in Neyland Stadium tonight. So uh, maybe Tim Banks uh, and, and Rodney Garner kind of dreamed up uh, – dreamed up a way to kind of uh, get some revenge there. I'm kidding, of course. Um, I know it's just circumstance, but it sounds nice. Uh, so good for the Vols. They bounce back, get a much-needed win as they head into a bye week. South Carolina heads into a bye week, kind of licking its wounds a little bit, and they'll have to turn it around after the bye and get ready for Florida. Um, but they got a couple weeks. Tennessee will get Texas A&M. 
a big time game at home against a really good Texas A&M team. So both those teams getting a bye week at a really, really good spot, a much needed spot in their schedule. All right, last game of the evening, we had Alabama, number 12 Alabama at Mississippi State. Um, comfortable win here. Tied were 14.5 point favorite. Picked them to win and to cover that. I think they got, oh, excuse me. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, great podcasting. Uh, 40 to 17. Uh, Jalen Milrow throws for 164, ran for 69. You continue to have some questions about. Alabama, you know, coming off the game against South Carolina, Mississippi State, they just kind of cut Will Rogers loose, right? They abandoned the run game, uh, just let Will Rogers kind of throw like he used to, just chuck it around the yard like they used to in that uh, air raid offense. You thought maybe, like, Zach Arnett, that we're just going to get back to that, right? You lose a little bit of your identity that he established at the beginning, said, no, we're going to run the ball more, be effective that way. Uh, Marks had nine carries for six 68 yards in this game. Will Rogers, 15 of 27 for 107 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Um, it just makes you wonder what Mississippi State even is. I don't think they know 0-3 in conference play right now. Uh, you know, I knew this would be a rough year for them. I said this would be a rough year for them, and I got a lot of grief. Um, you know, early weeks putting them low in the power rankings. It just is what it is, man. They have a tough road to hoe. Um, it, Zach Arnett does not have an easy job. You got to be patient with them. Uh, and just take the good things as it comes. Uh, it does certainly feel like a waste of a really good, talented quarterback in Will Rogers, but it is what it is. Jalen Milrow, 10 of 12 for 164, uh, 11 carries for 69 and two touchdowns. He's a weapon with his legs. Um, just still wondering what he is in the pocket. Um, I don't know. You know, comfortable win for Alabama. Their defense is fine. They still don't, it's still not exciting football to watch, uh, in my opinion. So let's move on from that. We'll get into the power rankings coming out of week five into week six. Guys, before we get into that, um, just want to plug really quickly, got some merch available at my bonfire store, uh, bonfire.com slash store slash SEC recap, what I call my SEC pride merch for every SEC team. Got t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and a variety of colors uh, with the name of your school, the outline of the state, and the school mascot in the geographic location of the state. They're pretty cool. Got them up here on YouTube. Link will be in the description in the podcast. Go check those out. Uh, I make a few bucks, but I made them and then ordered a couple for me. I'm featuring the Tennessee here with the outline of Tennessee, the smoky dog uh, in the location of Knoxville on a nice charcoal gray. Perfect for fall weather as, as it gets to be bonfire season, fall season, weather's cooling down. You need something cozy and warm to take with you to those cool tailgate environments. So check that out. I make a few bucks. Um, it helps support the pod, and I appreciate it so much. All right, power rankings. Here we go. At the top. Nothing's changed. The Georgia Bulldogs. If you have anybody else at that number one spot, um, I'd just like to know your reasoning. Um, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt still. Now, we're not talking AP top 25 here, right? We're not talking about Georgia being the number one team in the country. These are SEC power rankings. And by the way, got to say this from time to time. These are not SEC standings. I do not just look at the SEC East and West standings and then plug these teams in order. 
these are how I think, or this is how I think each of these teams would fare if they matched up on a neutral field, right? Yes, I do factor in, you know, current record. So if one team has beat another team, that does matter. But really, power rankings are week to week, guys, because teams can take a slide over the course of a season. Teams can get a lot better over the course of the season. So you got to look at all of it together. Um, yes, Georgia has shown some flaws. They are not the team of 2021 or 2022. However, they're undefeated. Uh, they played Auburn on the road. Auburn played them close. Georgia still came out the winner. So until somebody in the SEC takes them down or seriously exposes them, they're staying right there at number one. Number two, uh, it's not sexy, and it's by no means convincing, but I'm putting Alabama. Um, you know, it's it's chalky, but again, they're 2-0 and in conference play. They have the one loss to Texas. I do not include Texas and Oklahoma in these power rankings because they are not in the SEC yet. I get that there's uh, some people out there who already are factoring in Texas and Oklahoma, but I'm sorry, unless you're playing an SEC conference schedule you do not belong in sec power rankings um i'll just end my rant there on that um so the tide's still getting it done we'll see what happens with texas a&m i'll preview that game here in just a little bit number three and i can hear the screams coming from kentucky fans old miss fans missouri fans etc cetera, etc cetera. number three i got tennessee Okay. And you could fight me on that. And listen, there's good arguments to not have Tennessee there. They're not undefeated. They had a bad road loss to Florida. I don't think Florida is that good. It doesn't look good for Tennessee. But after that loss, they bounced back in a big way versus UTSA. They continued to improve and showed a lot of really good things on defense. A lot of big time critical third down stops, fourth down stops. That pass rush was vicious. Um, getting to the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback, good secondary coverage. Um, you know, that run game really is the core of that Vols offense. The passing game is still a little bit behind. I would definitely not say they're 50-50 balanced. But if that, if, man, if they improve 10 to 15%, if, if Joe Milton completes three to four more passes per game, uh, I think that that is probably, you know, that's like one critical third down conversion, a half. Tennessee's probably 14 points better on average per game on offense. So they are right there. They're right there. So um, if neutral site, I would take t Tennessee versus Kentucky right now. I know Kentucky just, you know, whooped Florida at home. Give me Tennessee and Kentucky on a neutral site right now. If Tennessee slows down or stops Ray Davis, you know, Devin Leary has to beat you through the air. That's, you know, South Carolina didn't have much of a run game, but Tennessee, you know, shut down except for one long run, kind of where a linebacker stepped out of position. They shut down South Carolina's run game, and they forced Spencer Rattler to throw, and then they, you know, pressured him and, you know, gave him no time to find his receivers, rushed his routes, rushed his reads, and, uh, put him on his rear end six times. So um, give me that Tennessee pass rush versus a lot of these teams. Um, I think they can wreak some havoc there. We'll see what that looks like versus Texas A&M. Number four, uh, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's really good. I think Kentucky's very good. I totally get arguments to put them at number three. Um, 
I just don't think they're better than Tennessee uh, or Alabama or Georgia this year. Number four, I got Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss can't play defense to save their life, but they sure can score a lot of points. So, you know, Alabama had the defense to kind of shut them down in the second half. I think there's some other teams that could give them fits as well. Um, but they beat LSU, and they're, you know, one and one in conference play. They're four and one overall. I'm fine having them in that top five right there right now. Now, number six, I got Texas A&M. I also think Texas A&M is really good. They're undefeated in conference play. They have the one loss, non-conference loss to a, I think, a good Miami team. Um, and then they get a, they play Alabama this week. Then they're going on the road to Knoxville. Um, so I think we'll really get to see what Tennessee and Texas A&M are made of in that game. I think that's going to be an afternoon game. Great environment. Uh, Vols, not going to lie, I think they're going to be kind of lucky that they get Texas A&M at home instead of having to go on the road. Uh, don't know how good the Vols can be on the road. They'll have to travel to Alabama um, after playing Texas A&M. Jury's still out on that. Number seven, I got LSU. Yes, they lost to Ole Miss, but their offense can score almost as many points as they want to. They will play Mizzou this week. It's Tigers versus Tigers. Um, on the road in Como, um, you know, sneak peek. I'm picking LSU to win that game. Uh, offensively, they're really good. Defensively, they got some things to work out. Um, but, you know, number seven, I'm not saying they're, you know, a top three team in the SEC. I don't believe that they are. I think they're middle of the road SEC, and that's exactly where I have them here at number seven. Number eight, got Mizzou. I know a lot of people are super high on Mizzou right now. Good reason. They're five and zero. Oh, okay, like I get it. Um, they're playing great. Brady Cook's playing great. Luther Burden's a weapon. Uh, defense is pretty good. Here's why I can't be much higher on Mizzou. They played South Dakota State. They played MTSU. They beat MTSU by four points, twenty three to nineteen. They uh, beat Kansas State. Okay, 30-27. It took a record-breaking field goal uh, to make that happen. Kansas State is no longer ranked. At the time, Kansas State was 15. And so was that a big win for Mizzou? Yes. For Mizzou, yes. Kansas State is fourth in the Big 12, and they're not ranked. Okay? Um, so look at where Kansas State is now. They were probably, I think, overrated overranked certainly for that game. Um, and it took a miracle kick to beat them by three points. So, you know, all things in context, they beat Memphis by a touchdown in St. Louis, 34 to 27 Memphis. Okay. MTSU by four points, a currently unranked Kansas state by three points and Memphis by seven points. They then went on the road to Vandy, Vandy, uh, and beat Vandy by 17. Okay, an SEC win is an SEC win, but it's Vandy. Credit to Mizzou, they're 5-0. and That is just, in my opinion, not an impressive 5-0. and For what it's worth, Kentucky's not a super impressive 5-0 and either. Um, the win against Florida is definitely their best win. The toughest part of both of these team schedules, Kentucky and Mizzou, is in the back half of the season. So that's where I think we'll see them really get tested. Enough of that. Auburn. Um, I got them at number eight. 
Um, their offense struggles, but they took Georgia to the wire at home. There's bright spots to that team. They're a couple years away yet from really being dangerous and really like truly being competitive. I don't think that Georgia was ever really at risk for losing that football game. It's a road game in the SEC. That's always going to be tough. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, but give me the Auburn Tigers at number nine. I like that spot for them. I think it's fair, which brings them ahead of uh, Arkansas, who I have at number 10. Um, sixth in the SEC West, 0-2 in conference play, 2-3 and overall. Um, and really, 10-11-12 here, you could convince me that these could go uh, in any order. 11, I got Florida. 12, I got South Carolina. Pick whichever order you want them in. It doesn't really matter to me. South Carolina's two and three. Florida's three and two. Um, again, none of those teams are really good right now. There's there's bright spots to all of them. Um, they just don't have kind of complete and balanced football teams right now. Uh, you don't see complementary offense and defense. Florida is kind of one of those teams that when they get exposed by a player like Ray Davis, they just kind of uh, roll over and play dead. Uh, Arkansas just cannot get enough done offensively right now, and they don't have the defense helping them out as much. South Carolina has no real defense to speak of, and outside of Spencer Radler just having to play out of his mind, there's not a lot of offensive weapons there to speak of. That offensive line is absolutely atrocious. They can't stop a sneeze. Um you know, preseason expectations, I think, were way too high for all three of these teams. Uh, I always kind of had them as middle of the road, maybe slightly back half SEC teams. Uh, I always do my, you know, my preseason rankings that are up on my website, secrecap.com. All of these teams are kind of right on track for where I thought they would be. Um, at 13, I got Mississippi State. They just, you know, two and three. Uh, you know, they lost to South Carolina. There's no way I'm going to put them ahead of South Carolina, Florida, or Arkansas right now. And then at 14, you got Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Vanderbilt's 2-4 and four overall, 0-2 and two in conference. So we got four, four, uh, four teams with no conference wins. Uh, Auburn, I think, is the best of those four. And then you have Arkansas, Mississippi State. Vanderbilt. Um, they're all 0-2 in conference. Middle of the road there, uh, Missouri has played one conference game against Vandy. Florida's played one conference game, or two conference games, sorry. They split one and one with Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, LSU is two and one. So they've lost to Ole Miss, um, Texas A&M, two and oh. Ole Miss, one and one. So they've split. Uh, Tennessee is one and one. Alabama, two and oh, and Georgia, two and oh, in conference play. That's how it's shaking out for me right now, guys. This is all going to change next week. That's why this episode is called Upset City. At least that's a working title because somebody is going home upset. And we're going to talk about who right now <laughs> so my week six pick so this is winners losers and against the spread starting with the the 11 a.m games the noon games if you're if you're eastern time i'm on central time so i'm going with local kicks here 
Number 23, LSU. Going on the road to Como, number 21, Mizzou. Um, this game's on ESPN. Uh, Miz, or LSU, excuse me, is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, ESPN analytics really like them over under 64 and a half. Actually, this line has moved, I'm seeing now, but uh, my graphics already done. So that's what it's going to be. The line's sitting at six now. So drawing in a little bit of action on that side of the bet. I believe that LSU is a better team than Mizzou. Now, it's a road game. Uh, I think Mizzou fans, that's not really a, a daunting home environment, but I think they will be up for this game, uh, even though it's at noon. If LSU somehow manages to lose this game, they're probably grateful it's at noon because you got a lot more football for people to be distracted with over the course of the day. Um, can Mizzou compete in this game? Absolutely. Uh, they're less than a touchdown underdog. So uh, there's certainly a chance, but Vegas is not in the business, ladies and gentlemen, of telling you which team is going to win or should win. They're in the business of drawing in money on both sides of the bets here. So Vegas likes LSU at minus six and a half, and they're going to see what action they can get on that. I like LSU at minus six and a half. I think they should win by a touchdown. Um, I I don't think Mizzou is good enough on defense to really stop them. The question will be, how many points does LSU give up? Because Mizzou's offense is markedly better this year. So they have that going for them. But give me the Tigers, the LSU Tigers, uh, to win and cover this spread. All right, next game, we got Western Michigan at Mississippi State. This is not an SEC matchup, uh, SEC on SEC we got one non-conference matchup on the weekend here. Um, and it's a game. This has got to be a get-right game for Mississippi State. This is also an 11 a.m. kick. Um, they are heavy favorites to win. Okay. But they're 20. This line has moved to 20 and a half now. Um, that's just, I think, as good as Will Rogers is and even as as – to the degree that I think Mississippi State is better, 20, 20 and a half points is a lot. That means um, people are probably thinking that Mississippi State should win by three scores. Can they? Absolutely. Will they? I'm not going to bet that. Uh, that's too many points based on what I've seen. Michigan, or sorry, Western Michigan is not a great team, uh, but they can score. I mean, I think they average like 25 points a game. Mississippi State averages like 28. I think Western Michigan averages about 30, mid-30s, like 35 points a game allowed. So Mississippi State will score. I think Western Michigan is going to score too. Um, so Mississippi State to cover West, or sorry, Mississippi State to win, Western Michigan to cover that spread. Over under on this game, um 56 and a half. So, you know, uh, this is not going to be a barn burner, at least it shouldn't be. Um then 2.30 CBS game. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Number 11, Alabama at Texas A&M. This game has gotten bigger and bigger the last three years. Texas A&M stole it two years ago in College Station, and they almost did it. It was safe for a really bad, really bad play call uh, in a critical uh, fourth down situation there on the goal line by Jimbo Fisher last year to basically give the game back to Alabama. Um, Texas A&M, really good defensive front. 
Alabama, not great offensively. Uh, Texas A&M is a two and a half point favorite. At the time, I'm, actually, that line has moved to two now, but with an over under of 27, or sorry, 47. 47. Okay. So low scoring, ugly slugfest. We'll see. I don't know. But I think I think this game goes bigger than a field goal. I think. I'm I'm thinking Texas AM by a touchdown. That's my view. So give me Texas AM to win at home with that physical defensive defensive front by more than the two, two and a half points that they're being given right now. I think it's going to be an ugly game for Alabama. I think they're too one-dimensional. Uh, as as talented as Jalen Milrow is, I just think they're going to put way too much pressure on him. He's going to be a one-read, tuck-it-and-run kind of guy, and Texas A&M is fully game-planned and prepared for that scenario. Um, I think they take Alabama takes their second loss here, first conference loss, and it effectively knocks him out of playoff contention for the season um so let's not dwell on that let's go on to our next afternoon game vanderbilt at florida on sec network uh really a game that florida has to win and should win it's vanderbilt but guess what happened last year vandy got him gang gang gang, gang got him in nashville which god you should even for an, we talk about SEC road environments. Vanderbilt is not an SEC road environment. Nashville is an amazing city. Lived there for, you know, eight, nine years. Vanderbilt is not, not a road environment. Okay. Like the fact that you went on the road and lost at Vanderbilt last year, uh, you're, it, it makes you the laughing stock. And I think Florida fans felt that last year. This is you never want to call Vandy a revenge game, but anytime you lose to Vandy, you'll want to get them back the next year. You got to put them back in their place. Vanderbilt is an 18 and a half point underdog for this game. I'm sure that line has also moved. Let me just check it here. Nope, still 18 and a half over under of 52. So this is a game Florida should win, but I don't think, I know I keep sound like a broken record. I don't think Florida is very good. Um, they should be able to run the ball on Vandy with those, with those two running backs. Graham Mertz is not an all-star world beater. He's going to dink and dunk. He might throw it down the field a couple times if they can, if they can, you know, get a receiver down there, but that's just not the Billy Napier offense. He's either going to run and check down and dink and duck and just try to hold the ball for 30 minutes plus a game. I think Florida wins. Um, I think they win fairly comfortably, but I'm I'm still going to take Vandy to score some points here. Uh, we'll see what they do. We'll see if Vandy can get a run game going, maybe try to expose some of the same things that Kentucky did against Florida, though I don't think they have the offensive line to really do that. And in Gainesville, um, that crowd matters. That's a good home crowd to play in front of. That's why they uh, jump up and bite Tennessee. You know, every time Tennessee has to play down there, it's just something about it. A lot of things go wrong for teams when they have to play in Gainesville. So give me Florida to win, but I'll take Vandy to cover. Um, I see this maybe like two touchdowns or 17 points, like a, a small three-score game. Uh, could easily see that. All right, the first evening game, the early evening game. We got number 20, Kentucky 
having to go on the road to Georgia, number one Georgia uh, in Athens. Now, somebody's going away no longer undefeated in the SEC East, right? Um, now, it could happen. Mizzou could, could take down Mizzou. Mizzou has a conference loss. But if Mizzou wins this, uh, then they're going to be joined by one of Kentucky or Georgia as the only other undefeated um, team in the SEC. Uh, every other team in the SEC, besides Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri, have one loss, either in conference or non-conference. As good as Kentucky played Florida at home, they're 14 and a half point underdogs on the road in Athens against, I still think, a, you know, a good Georgia defense. It's not the all-star Georgia defense that we saw the last couple of years. Um, but Kentucky's really good at muddying this game up. They've done that really well. They've played Georgia close. Now, at the end of the day, what matters is a win or a loss, right? Playing somebody close, losing by three is the same as losing by seven. You don't get bonus points or credit for losing a little bit less, right? You still take the L. That's what matters. So even though Kentucky's good at slowing it down, controlling the ball, muddying it up. I still think Georgia's a heavy favorite here for a reason. I don't know that I would bet on them being 14 and a half point favorites. To me, this kind of has eight to 10 point differential vibes. Um, the over under in this game. Let me pull it up for you guys. Sorry, I had it pulled up and then I totally closed out of it. 6 p.m. game over under 48. So again, low scoring kind of ball control affair. Um, to me, this is like, I don't know, like 28 to 20, you know, 27, 21, like kind of in that range uh, within a touchdown to 10 points. So give me Georgia to win. Give me Kentucky to cover 14 and a half. Uh, but even though it's closer, um, I think it's still going to look pretty convincing for Georgia. I, I don't know. Like Kentucky might cover late, uh, late third quarter, fourth quarter, kind of like what we saw with Auburn. Um, it looks like it's sort of uh, within reach for them. And then, uh, Georgia puts it out of reach or Kentucky scores late to make it look a little closer than the game actually was. We'll see. Excited to watch that one, though. I think that's going to be probably the game of the weekend in the SEC. It's going to be either that or Alabama A&M. Um, I know that LSU-Mizzou matchup is pretty enticing as well, but for me, all eyes are going to be on Kentucky and Georgia. All right. Last game of the night, we got Arkansas going to number 16, Ole Miss. It has been brutal for Arkansas here lately. Uh, this is a 6.30 p.m. game on SEC Network, over under 63 and a half. So they like this one to kind of mimic what we saw versus LSU. I doubt it gets into the 90 to 100 point, uh, point range combined, but... They do like Ole Miss as 11 and a half point favorite. Ole Miss, um, you know, not much defense there either. I think they're banking on Arkansas to be able to score, but for Ole Miss to kind of keep it out of reach a little bit. However, um, 11 and a half, 
that's a good number. First of all, I think that's a really good number. Um, you know, maybe, maybe this has kind of like, Forty, forty-one. No, nah, maybe not that high. Well, maybe Ole Miss is in that like high thirties, high thirties, low forties, and Arkansas is kind of right around thirty. Okay, um, like this could be like a forty-one thirty type of game uh, where it's real close. It's real close to that number, but I don't know that Ole Miss stretches it out to more to more than that. Like two touchdowns. So give me Ole Miss to win Arkansas to cover 11 and a half. Um, and that gets us through the day. So my main takeaways from this, I think, I think Mizzou no longer undefeated after this weekend. I think Mizzou is going to take their first loss. I think Kentucky takes their first loss. It leaves Georgia kind of sitting there still at the top of the sec East. Uh, and the SEC in general, for that matter, as the only undefeated team. And then you've got kind of this three-way situation remaining to shake out between Tennessee, Kentucky, and Mizzou. That's why in my power rankings, I had Tennessee at that three spot. I think Tennessee is, is you know, even marginally just a little bit better team than Kentucky and Missouri. Now, they do have to play both those games on the road, but they've blown out Missouri the last two years. Um, had a shootout with Kentucky that they won in Lexington two years ago, Josh Heupel's first year, and then blew the brakes off of them, beat the brakes off of them, blew the doors off of them, whatever the saying is, in Knoxville uh, last year. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then the back half of that SEC East, I think, is pretty clear. I think it's Florida or South Carolina. South Carolina is going to have Florida after their bye week. That's a big-time game. Uh, it's a must win for both of those teams. Florida has to go on the road to Columbia, South Carolina, where um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a mid-off. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a battle for middle of the SEC East between South Carolina, Florida. Both of those teams, I think, are going to be fighting to get to seven and five. Uh, and one of them is going to end up six and six. I think it's Florida that ends up six and six. South Carolina has the best chance to end up at seven and five. They're going to have to steal a game. Uh, Vandy's going to be a win. They get Jacksonville State, but they've got to go on the road, play Texas A&M. They've got, uh, they've got to beat Florida. Uh, they've got to beat Kentucky. Uh, they do get Kentucky at home, but Kentucky, I think, definitively a better team than South Carolina. So that's how that's what's happening in the East right now. Over in the West, um, it's all ugly. It's all ugly, in my opinion. I think A&M emerges after this weekend as the top team in the SEC West, uh, going to be followed up by Alabama, and then kind of this two-way tie LSU Ole Miss um, for kind of you know that third spot, and then the back half is pretty clear there as well. It's it's Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Now, can Auburn steal a game? I doubt it. You know they had to go on the road, lost pretty convincingly at A and M. Uh, lost to Georgia. I don't think they're ready to compete with Alabama, even though you know Alabama looks somewhat vulnerable. Arkansas is going to have to steal a game. Again, what's that going to be? They have to go on the road to Florida, I believe. Uh, can, they, can they get that one? We'll see. Mississippi State, I don't think we'll be stealing anything this year. Um, they're the Vanderbilt of the West, I guess, uh, is unfortunately the best way I can describe it. 
but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, looking forward to it. Somebody's going home upset this weekend. And it's not going to be Tennessee or South Carolina because they're both on a bye week. So uh, if you're a Vols fan, if you're a Gamecocks fan, you get to sit back and watch the chaos unfold. Pick your fighter. Who do you want to win, Kentucky or Georgia? Who do you want to win, LSU or Mizzou? Who do you want to win, Alabama or A&M? Uh, you get to kind of sit back and watch the chaos as a neutral observer this weekend. I am here for it, and I will be back next week to recap all of the action for you here on the SEC Recap. Hey, one more time, don't forget, go over to Twitter, follow me at SEC Recap, head on over to YouTube uh, at SEC Recap there as well. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, and if you're listening in podcast form and audio form, wherever you prefer to chug your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or our YouTube podcast, um, you know, subscribe to us, auto download there as well, and rate and review on Apple and Spotify. It helps me out so much. Comment below. Uh, let me know what you think. Can't wait to see you guys next week right here on another episode of the SEC Recap. Peace.